Hello all, and welcome to Brewing with Jim, hosted by Jim Brewington. Jim is a pastor and a teacher, and has served in these roles for the past 45 years. He has worked in small churches and megachurches, primarily as a teacher serving both the hearing and the deaf population. We have surveyed the students here at CVCS and do our best to create a genuine conversation around the talking points the students want to know most about. Thank you all for listening and taking time to brew on Life's Questions with Jim. Hello all and welcome to Brewing with Jim. I am your producer, Grady Sanchez, and as always, I'm here with Jim. Good morning, everybody. Oh, it's not morning, maybe, where you are. Um, hi, it's good to be with you again. Well, we just found out that we have listeners from all over the world. Our latest is in <laughs> England. And so we may air it in five in the morning. It might be evening. It might, they might listen at any time. So You know, the data we have coming in tells what time of day the listens are. And the greatest uh, number of listens, 4 a.m., I don't know if that's local time or Greenwich Mean Time or what that is, but... All right, our question is a heavy one today. It's a lot. It's, we're going to unpack it the best that we can. Uh, with high schoolers and people in general, the people who have come to faith and the people who are wrestling with their faith, they would like to know what is a sin and what is not a sin. Okay, here we go. Let's define um, sin... Uh, and this definition that I'm going to give you is in my head. It's been concluded by me. I'm, it's never been taught to me, uh, but I can biblically defend it. Um, a sin is a spiritual decision to rebel against God's expressed will. Now, let me break that down a little bit. It's a spiritual decision. Our spirit, well, first of all, we are created in God's image, and what does that mean? Well, it means that uh, he is spirit, and so we have a spirit. And it doesn't mean that uh, my ears look like his and my face looks like his uh, because he does not have uh, a body, but um, we do have a spirit, and our spirit has a mind of its own. Sometimes our spirit communicates with our brain, and sometimes I think it doesn't, but I don't have any way to measure when it does and when it doesn't. Um, can a spirit have a mind? Yes. God is spirit, and he has a mind. So the spirit he gives to us, we can make decisions, spiritual decisions, with that mind. Now, um, a spiritual decision to rebel against God's will. To rebel means to disobey. It means um, disobey, especially in the Old Testament, against God's law. Now, God's law uh, expresses what his standards are. His law in the Old Testament is uh, found in the first five books of the Bible, in the Pentateuch, and Pentateuch is just a big word. That means five books. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Those books clearly express for the purpose of our not knowing how to obey all of it, God's law. 
and you can find an analysis of uh, the law and its purpose in Galatians and more specifically, or at least uh, with more uh, phrases and words in uh, Hebrews. Now, this spiritual decision uh, is a decision because our spirit is not pure, even though it is in companionship with the Holy Spirit, uh, who is God and who uh, is omnipresent, including in our lives, surrounding us, in us, and so forth. We rebel against his law in the Old Testament, uh, and that was considered a sin. In the New Testament, Jesus was asked, which of all these laws in the Old Testament uh, are the most, is the most important? And Jesus said, love God and love yourself. That's a summary of the entire law. So now we can look at sin, if you will, as is it loving or is it unloving? That would be a barometer, a benchmark, a guideline for determining uh, if a person is rebelling against God's will. Now, I think, I know, that if you mention sin and ask somebody to name a sin, they'll name a behavior. But the behaviors are not the sins. The behaviors are the result of the decision to rebel. I'm going to do it my way. I'm not going to do it God's way. I may know God's will, but I'm going to do this. And maybe uh, I'll just depend on the forgiveness that I know I'll have. So should we sin more and more so that God's grace can be more uh, evident? Uh, absolutely not. And those, that's a paraphrase of what Paul said. So we are out of intimate relationship with him if we rebel against his will. We're not out of relationship with him necessarily if we're in relationship in the first place, if we're a Christian. But uh, we are out of an intimate relationship with him. He is still intimate with us. We have rebelled against uh, him. We are the ones who have stepped back. He is not the one who has stepped back. Now, the most difficult part of um, the mind change that uh, is required here is the behaviors are not the sins. The behaviors are not the sins. We find that all throughout uh God's word, the rebellion against his will is the sin. And that is followed, and I don't know what percentage, maybe 100%, by a behavior. And the behavior is identifiable. We can see it. But that does not determine our Christianity. There are people who say, how can that person be a Christian when they behave that way? They can't be. Well, yes, they can. Uh, I was a Christian long before I was a disciple, long before I uh, decided to submit myself to the Lordship of Christ. Uh, and I was not really um, concerned about my behaviors that much. Now I am more concerned about my behaviors, not because they're sins, but because people see my behavior, and my behavior is almost uh, evangelical because people see me and I want them to see Christ within me, uh, what Christ has done uh, with my life. Now, I, let me um, talk a moment about God's expressed will. 
In the Old Testament, we talked about the Pentateuch uh, or the Torah or the first five books of the Bible. Um, And those all had to do with the commission or the omission of behaviors. But the great commandment is love-driven. So we make our decisions based on what is loving and what isn't uh, when we're talking about our behavior, when we're thinking about our behavior, and we have to use God's definition of love, not ours, not ours. I think we talked about that. We did. In a, okay, in a previous podcast. It's the practical application of thinking about the rebellion that we all on occasion commit is to first of all not to judge another person's behavior Um, their intimacy their relationship with Christ is something that we can't judge we don't have the wherewithal to judge it now the Bible says do not judge in what context don't judge another person's relationship, their spirituality, by their behavior. It doesn't mean I can't judge. I get paid to judge here at the school. We assign grades. We look at the students. Uh, I could call second base, and I have. And my job there is to make judgments and to decide safer out or a number of other things. Um, We can judge all day long. We can assess all day long. But we cannot look at another person's behavior and decide, oh, they don't know God. They may. None of us are exempt from rebelling against God. None of us. I'm in Romans right now, book in the New Testament. Now, how do we resist the temptation to rebel against God's uh, will as he has expressed it? And by the way, he can express it to our spirit at any moment. Uh, the Holy Spirit does that. He is the convictor of sin. I'm not the convictor of sin. He is. Um, when temptation comes our way, to do it our way and not God's way, to rebel against his will, we have a way of escaping. I read in the Bible And if you're interested, I'm in 1 Corinthians 10. In the Bible, it says that any temptation I have is common to everybody, that everyone has temptations. And I just thought of uh, Christ was tempted in every way Mm -hmm. as we are tempted. Really? When I think about my temptations and I think about his temptations being the same, I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. But he decided to not fall to the temptation, to not um, give in, uh, even though his flesh may have wanted to. Now, we're getting really theological here, and I don't know if we want to spend uh, a lot of time on it. Maybe um, Let me just talk about that for a moment. There is a concept in Christianity and theology which just means, by the way, word of God. That's all theology means. Uh, There is um, a concept called the peccability and impeccability of Christ. And that is the the debate, the question, when Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted, 
was he really tempted? He couldn't sin anyway because he is eternally holy, holy, holy. And so there was really no temptation if he cannot fall. And that would be the argument of the impeccability of Christ. But others say, oh, yes, he could have or there wouldn't be temptation. He was tempted. He had a, a body. Now, his body was diff is different than ours. He had a body that was holy, holy, holy. Ours is not redeemed. Our body is not redeemed. Our world is not redeemed yet. Uh, there, and we have an enemy out there wandering to and fro to tempt us. So there may be some difference there, but the uh, idea that he could have fallen to the temptation but did not is a demonstration to us that we have a way to escape too. Every temptation I have is common to all people, and yet God gives us a way to escape. Now, as I'm talking about that, I just thought about uh, there is... Uh, a faulty theology going around for people who have a little dust on their Bible. Uh, God will never, uh, never uh, give you anything that you cannot deal with. That's not in the Bible anywhere. If that were the case, I wouldn't need him. I, and I need him. So that's 1 Corinthians uh, 10, 13. All right, now back to... Um, i got a question for you. Yo, please. <clears throat> God made us conscious beings. We have consciousness in us, and that is part of who he is, and then also the right of free will. And all of that big argument there, we <laughs> have the, the law on our hearts and minds, and we have this idea of right and wrong. Um, when people are endured with these temptations, what is some advice, what are some things that you have found to be helpful in those moments of making a sinful decision or an action and maybe steering more towards God's will. Okay, good. There is um, advice in God's word that says um, flee from evil. Flee from the temptations. Uh, okay, here's flee. If my temptation is chocolate eclairs, and that's the big weakness in my life, and I think about chocolate eclairs and I dream about chocolate eclairs, and I always keep an inventory on how many I have because I don't want to run low. If I decide that I'm not going to fall to that temptation anymore, I get rid of the chocolate eclairs. And then the next step is going to be, well, I think I'll just go in the bakery just to smell. I'm not going to buy anything. And you go in there and you got the smell and now you've got the money and now you've got the probably fall to temptation to buy one of those and consume it. Uh, the other way to avoid, or I'm going to say avoid the temptation, I can tell you what doesn't work, my will. I am going to will myself not to have uh, a chocolate eclair. I'm going to clench my teeth and put post-its up and say, don't eat chocolate eclairs, and that lasts for a very short period of time. We need to depend upon the strength of Christ. King Jesus will help us uh, do anything that is within his will. And there's where my dependence comes. I've said this in other podcasts. If you have an issue, 
in your life that is strong and tempting, depend on him. Don't depend on yourself to fight the temptation. The, the temptation needs to be uh, avoided, and there is a way of escape. Read 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It's there. Read it over and over. There is a way to get out of this. So don't go in the bakery. Don't even walk down that street. Don't hang out with people who uh, eat chocolate eclairs all day long. Uh, stay away from all of that and depend upon the strength of King Jesus. Hmm. And then when knowing God's will, or maybe in this case, an act of rebellion is a sin to God's will, how, how do you know what is his will and what isn't so that you can make those decisions? We have a relationship, a friendship, a fellowship, the Bible says, with the Holy Spirit. He is the convictor uh, and the definer of what is God's will and what isn't. We have God's word, so we can read his word, and we can. the word is the Bible, uh, and we can spend time in that so that it becomes so familiar to us that we can, in that sense, know his, what is his will and what isn't. I would suggest also that we listen to the wisdom of people whose wisdom is God's wisdom, and they've walked down the road with the Lord a little bit longer than we have. <clears throat> there I am back in my mentoring uh, stage. And spend time with pure thoughts. Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are of good report, and that's almost a paraphrase, Think on these things. Don't think on the other things. We can put all thoughts under the submission of Christ Jesus. So if our thoughts are, I have um, a website that I go to that is loaded with chocolate eclairs, and I can look at it and look at it, and I get more and more tempted to eat the chocolate eclair. Stay away from the website. Uh, avoid it. That's the way of escape. But we can't do it on our own strength. We have to depend upon the strength of Christ. Awesome. Thank you, Jim. Wise words and a lot to unpack on, on future shows on, on the topic of sin and following God's will and uh, continued conversation. Until next time. Thank our, you. It's such a big topic. We have to take parts of it yeah. another time. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, in the light of Thanksgiving, the, this show is going to air uh, this week, which is the week before Thanksgiving. We're going to be off the show or off air next week because we'll be on break. I wanted to take a moment to see and figure out what your thoughts are on your favorite Thanksgiving dishes. You are traveling away to Missouri. What do you hope is going to be on that table <laughs> that your friend is preparing for you? What are some things that you like to enjoy? What are some of the dishes that you're like, I'll pass? Well, I'll be in Missouri because um, Debbie's family is in Missouri, and Debbie and I have been married uh, for 50 years. It was our last anniversary, and uh, her family is so large, I still haven't met them all, and they don't even know each other. They are so big. They have family reunions at different times and different places. I've seen them walk up to each other and introduce themselves to each other. It's a huge family, and uh, because it's Midwest, 
have you ever been to the Midwest? Do you ever spend any time there, Grady? I've been into Chicago, like the north part of yeah. the Midwest. The Midwest, uh, part of the culture of the Midwest is eat. It's food. And so while you're eating, you're thinking about uh, dessert. And while you're having dessert, you're thinking about uh, what the next meal is going to be. And you think about going to the grocery store and you think about cooking it. And then you think about eating it. And that it, it's huge. I weighed more than I have ever weighed a few years ago when I went to Missouri. And they looked at me and said, oh, you're skinny. You need to here sit down, eat, eat, eat. So Thanksgiving is going to be a plethora of food. It's going to be piles and piles of really good food. Now this may uh, say I'm count. I have a little problem here with uh, one of the things that serve for Thanksgiving. I don't like turkey. I don't like turkey. I can do sliced turkey uh, for sandwiches, but to sit down and eat one of those birds is just not my thing. I like ham. I like all the other dishes. I like the Brussels sprouts. I like the stuffing. I like the cranberry. Um, We have a member of our family who likes canned cranberry over fresh. you nodded. Do you? I also have a family member who prefers the canned over the uh, fresh. Okay. I, I am uh, impartial to the cranberry, so I avoid that one altogether. Oh, okay. Well, the food is going to be, um, you know how you feel when you get finished? Oh, I couldn't move. I couldn't. And now comes dessert. And uh, I, I can't, uh, I'm not hungry for dessert. And I've heard people in the Midwest say, well, what's hunger got to do with it? You just sit down and have and stuff it in, uh, or stand up and jump up and down and pack it in and have more. Uh, but I I like the fellowship. I like the um, camaraderie. I like uh, being with uh, most of the people. Uh, I don't do well in crowds. Usually. Yeah, you had mentioned that last I, time. Yeah, that's that's not, parties aren't necessarily your thing. Think, no, they're not at all. But uh, I do like uh, to sit down and have one-on-one, one-on-one conversations with people, mm-hmm. uh, and that's going to be the best part of Thanksgiving, I think. Other than we thank God for the food, and um, I'm always the one that's called on to pray at the beginning because, you know, I'm pastor, I'm always on. And I, my head goes to, we have a whole room full of Christians here. Am I the only one who knows how to pray? Uh, in public, <laughs> but um, so I pray, and that's just the prayer before the meal. My prayers are frequent, and they're short, and I am thankful. Most of the time, I thank God for um, I'm alive, I'm loved, I have friends, I have uh, provisions, I have been afraid about provisions at some times in my life, but I have a provider. He has never missed a day yet, and I've always been provided for. So I am truly grateful, and I'm aware and conscious of my gratitude. Um, I don't need a day to celebrate that or observe that. That, uh, That just happens all the time. What about you? What kind of food do you like? I'm a big turkey guy. I, um, we're host- well, your average size. I yeah, think. we're we're hosting uh, Thanksgiving this year, and it's going to be a lot of fun cooking. My wife is an excellent cook, 
uh, one thing from my so childhood. So mine. Yeah, we're very lucky. Uh-huh. Uh, one thing from my childhood that was always served that I never touched because I don't like Jello. My uncle makes this <laughs> seafoam green Jello. Oh, don't go to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it. It's a it's a crowd favorite, but it's something that I never ventured into, and it's the one or one of the few occurrences where my <laughs> my uh, diet of I'd like to eat meat and a lot of it, and I like the stuffing. So those are my two things. Um, got around to gravy lately, so I just prefer the turkey. We're doing um, a what a kind red of gravy? Meat. The gravy that your wife makes that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, separately. Yeah, the canned gravy is horrible. I, we try to stay away from no. canned things in our house. But. Well, in the Midwest, gravy is considered a beverage. <laughs> yes. Everything has gravy. Yes. Um, how do you feel about turducken? You know what? The word is, um, uh, what does it mean? Turducken is a turkey stuffed with duck, stuffed with chicken. So the Midwest, I'm sure it might be... Might be a staple in, in that area on Thanksgiving, considering that the f- food portions are so large, as we have stated. It's one of those... Uh, and varied. Yes, yeah, so, so turducken. It, it was in a comedy th- uh, show a few years back, and it's always kind of stuck with me to try cooking one. But um, I don't eat duck. Okay. Too, too gamey. There are not many foods I don't eat. I, I don't eat cilantro. I don't eat duck. And uh, I don't eat lamb. And it's, the taste is, besides, it seems weird that a pastor would be eating sheep. That's not right, is it? it, it, it no, it's not. So, um, traducken, um, no thank you, just pass the, uh, pass the pass cranberry the gravy. sauce. Pass the, pass gravy. the gravy. I'll have another glass of gravy. <laughs> just a lukewarm tumbler of gravy. Yes. Well, thank you, Jim, so much for your time. Thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoy the time and fellowship with your family, with your friends, with those people that you love and those people that you are rekindling relationships with this time of year, with the holidays. Near is time to regather those friendships that we have talked about so dearly on this show. This is always my pleasure. Let me just ask the listeners, uh, if you have comments and uh, thoughts uh, and encouragement, uh, please email those to us at um, brewingwithjim at gmail.com. Love to see them. Awesome. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy your week. And we will see you back here after Thanksgiving break, and we'll come back with some more hot topics. Thank you, Jim. Indeed. I'm thankful for you, listeners. Topics covered and answers offered in Brewing with Jim mine the wisdom attained from a life of pastoral ministry and care. They do not constitute professional or clinical training or expertise in the areas of counseling or mental health. CVCS and its podcast network want to provide a platform for the discipleship of our community. Brewing with Jim is our attempt to foster that environment in a format that is accessible and open for all to partake in. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are the speaker's own and may or may not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of Capistrano Valley Christian Schools or its faculty. The material and information presented here are for general information purposes only. This episode has been a production of the Capistrano Valley Christian Schools Podcast Network. 
Capistrano Valley Christian Schools is a Christian JK through 12 school in San Juan Capistrano, California. Be sure to check out, subscribe to, and leave a review of this show and the other shows on our network on your podcast player of choice. Doing so supports the school community in a multitude of ways. For more information about the CVCS Podcast Network or any of our other shows, check out cvcs.org or email podcasts at cvcs.org. On behalf of the whole network, this is Mr. Jasper saying thank you again for listening and stay tuned for more.